0: Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success you'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. Today, I bring you Dean Slater. For years, I struggled to find the clarity of purpose in my life and the single-minded focus that I had when I was an athlete. You know, it just... I felt like I was working hard, but not really getting any closer to where I wanted to go. And to be honest, I really didn't even know or have a clear vision on where I wanted to go. Then I discovered a powerful four-step blueprint that I began to apply to my life, and it changed everything. Now, every morning, I'm excited to attack the day because I have a clarity of purpose, and I have confidence in my plan, and I have peace of mind in knowing that I'm back on that path to elite success. Anyone, and I mean anyone, can use this four-step process to recreate the key elements in the life of an elite performer so you can regain that clarity of purpose and that single-minded focus so that you can both achieve your goals and live a balanced life. I created a a free PDF for you outlining the four-step reveal-your-path blueprint for success just go to jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint. That's jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint to get instant access to that free PDF. Award-winning author Dean Slider has taught natural methods of meditation and awakening since 1970. His five highly acclaimed books include the back-to-back Amazon number one stress management bestsellers, Natural Meditation and Fear less. Dean gives talks, workshops, and retreats throughout the United States and beyond from Ivy League colleges to maximum security prisons. His media appearances have included National Public Radio, The New York Times, New York Magazine, The Dr. Oz Show, and Oprah Magazine. And as usual, if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode, or if you hear something you like, make sure you grab your free copy of the action plan. Just go to jimharshajr.com slash action. Dean, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Jim. Great to be
0: here. You know, one of my clients, coaching clients, actually recommended to me the book Natural Meditation. And it has just been a tremendous breakthrough for me in terms of meditation in just the simplicity of it. And you're just so good at really breaking it down and dumbing it down for for simple-minded people <laughs> like me. So that's why I'm having you on here. There may be a few others out there listening that are just like me, but uh so yeah. let's go from there. So Dean, why don't you do this first? Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Kind of, you know, where you grew up and kind of a 30,000-foot view of how you got from there to where you're at now.
1: I was born in Long Island from the age of six on. I was raised in the Los Angeles area, got out of there like a shot at the age of 17, went up to San Francisco for college, where I ran into the the summer of love, (laughs) and wound up (laughs) dropping out for a couple of years as being a iffy hitchhiking around the country, riding freight trains with the hobos, and and was really all that time was, was on a quest, you know, an inner quest. And it was a perfect time for it. It was the time when teachers were starting to come over from places like India and Tibet and Japan and and setting up shop and teaching in the U.S. And the, you know, I'm so happy to be talking on this show where the theme is success through failure, because really my whole, what I'm doing with my life was based on one big failure, which was I really wanted to meditate and so I was I tried to meditate and I failed. Huh. And the form that this took was I started off as a Zen student and in Zen practice at least the way this was presented to me was you had to you know sit on the cushion in a in a perfect lotus pose sit still like a rock hold your mind still like a rock concentrate and they walk around behind you you're sitting in a row with all the other The folks that are practicing, and they walk behind you with a big, thick stick. They see that your your body is stirring, or they sense that your mind is stirring. They whack you across the back of the shoulders with a stick. So, I lasted about three days uh, before I I flunked. I flunked Zen because I was regular. I was a regular fidgety person who can't hold his mind still. Of course, I thought it was me. Everyone thinks it's them. They think, oh, meditation, you're so, you have to still the mind. You have to concentrate. It turns out when I questioned the Zen teachers a little more closely, they said, Oh, well, this is not for everyone. You know, about one person in a hundred can really succeed at this. So I realized, okay, that's not going to be for me and it's not going to be for you know, I'm not going to be able to bring this to the folks back home. Because I've I've always had a strong urge to teach, to, you know, share whatever I I, I find for myself. I mean, you know about that. sure. So that really put me on a quest for, is there a way to meditate that works for regular fidgety people who can't concentrate to save their lives? People like me. And what I found was that there actually are teachings and that it's not dumbed down. It's not watered down stuff. It's actually stuff from venerable traditions going back hundreds of years into places like India and Tibet, where they recognize that the reason your mind is is jumping around. You know, often you'll hear this expression "monkey mind," or the mind is jumping around like the, like a monkey swinging from branch to branch. Yeah. So the so so that usual approach, that concentrative approach, is okay. We got to tackle the monkey. We got to put a you're a wrestler. So what are we going to put on them, a half Nelson or something? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hold, hold the monkey down and forcefully hold it down. That's the approach. Yeah. And it's not a lot of fun. And this is why, you know, you were saying to me before we started uh, on air here, that you don't meditate as much as you feel you should. That's I hear that all the time from people and it's because they've either assumed or they've been had meditation presented to them in these very unpleasant terms. Uh-huh. Now, what these Traditions that I found showed me is that the monkey is not just swimming, swinging around aimlessly. If you can get the monkey turned in the direction of a bunch of bananas, the monkey will settle <laughs> right down to the bananas. In other words, the mind is wandering because it's seeking one thing, and that's yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. The mind is seeking fulfillment, happiness, peace. You know, That moment when you can have everything's going right. You're standing hand in hand with the one you love on the brink of the the Grand Canyon. It's a beautiful sunset. You just had a great meal. You're employee of the month. You're having a good air day. Everything's fine. (laughs) But you've got a a piece of stringy celery caught in the back (laughs) tooth. Finally, you get rid of that thing. You go, ah, life is good. OK, now that experience of ah, whether it comes from getting rid of something, irritating like that or getting something, achieving something, you win your match, you, you get the promotion, whatever it is. Our whole life is organized around seeking that sense of ah. But the problem is we're usually seeking it in things and situations outside of ourselves which are uncontrollable. They're, they're yeah. just a, The universe is bigger than us. The teachings are that the, the, the real constant always available is on the inside. And that, therefore, if you can just get the mind turned in that direction, it'll settle down with it automatically like a monkey settling down with a banana. And that's what my teachers taught me, that you, you just learn to take that initial turn within and kind of gravity takes over. The mind just settles.
0: So you failed at this first, right? Which I think is yeah. the experience of a lot of us, right? A lot of folks
1: mm-hmm.
0: hear about meditation. They say, okay, I'm going to give it a try, right? And they just sit down and kind of close right. their eyes. And, and they're like, man, my mind is all over the place. And they're like, okay, I, why, right. I, I can't do this. It's not for me. I don't know how to do it. That's what right. you've you've brought this, Dean, to the world, meditation to the world in such a way that it is so approachable. And then everybody... Everybody can do it, but we all have that sort of impression that I have to go to Nepal. I have to go to Tibet. I have to go to India. Mm-hmm. I have to learn from somebody. Mm-hmm. And then I have to sit like a rock and not move and be mm-hmm. in this uncomfortable position. But yeah. my nose itches, so I can't do this. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. right?
1: Uh, yeah, no. And by the way, I've gone to all those places. I've gone to India, Tibet, Nepal, and, and it's great. It's cool. I've sat in caves. It's it's cool, but it's not necessary that that's all that's all you know just just extracurricular stuff <laughs>
0: yeah so Perfect. why go Why why go what, what does that bring
1: you yeah it's it's cool and you meet some cool people you have you have cool adventures you know i'll tell you the one one trip i think this was my most recent trip to india the best part of the trip and i i realized this later in retrospect we it was our last morning in uh, in banaras which is you know the great holy city on the banks of the ganges And we were all, I was with a group of about a dozen folks and we were getting on a bus uh, and we were supposed to take, I think it was supposed to be a three to four hour bus ride to Agra where the Taj Mahal is and then check into a hotel and get up early, get to the Taj Mahal at sunrise. This three, four hour bus ride wound up becoming a 23 hour bus ride. Wow. (laughs) Partly (laughs) because we blew two tires and it was a Sunday And we were out in the middle of nowhere at that point, in the middle of rice paddies. And so the the two drivers hitched a ride with someone and they said, okay, we'll be back sometime. And and a couple of us, we went down into the rice paddies. We had some musical instruments with us. We started making music. We were surrounded by about 50 locals who who, who, who wondered what these crazy Westerners were doing there. (laughs) And then eventually we got the tires fixed. And then we eventually realized that neither of our drivers could read English or Hindi or any other language. So they were just guessing at what the road signs were (laughs) telling them. And and we finally got to to Agra, uh, where the Taj Mahal is, about an hour before sunrise got to the hotel, took a shower, went straight to the Taj Mahal. In retrospect, I realized that that 23-hour torturous bus ride was the best part of the trip. Yeah. This is where we kind of found out the most about ourselves and each other yeah. and India. It was great.
0: Yeah, and Actually, just...
1: that, that was another, another success through failure, another one of these situations yeah. where, where your plan fails and then life happens and life is more interesting than your plan.
0: Oh, man, you said it. I mean, that just... That just speaks to, you know, a mindset, but also like getting out on an adventure, right? Or, or, or seeing life as an adventure. Like you, that, that, that flat tire may happen to you in a cool place like you were, or it might happen to you like down the road next to the McDonald's, right? But how, so how do you, how do you make the best (laughs) of that? Right. Um, but you and I talked a little bit before again, before we recorded about, you know, I went to Guatemala, I went to Central America on this, this grand adventure. You know, I didn't get too Mm -hmm. deep into the adventure, but what an adventure it was. And man, there were so many, mishaps and mistakes and, you know, messed up trips that they just made it such, such an amazing story, such an amazing adventure. And yeah, that's, that's where life happens, right? It doesn't always happen right. the way it's planned. And, and if you can embrace right. that, then uh, uh, it'll right, be right, a lot right. more enjoyable.
1: Right. Now, bringing exactly that principle back to meditation, Yeah. the, the, the problem that people have is not with meditation. It's their concept of meditation. That's like your plan about life. You know, they have yeah. a plan, they have a concept that, oh, I'm going to sit here and I'm not supposed to have other thoughts. My nose is not supposed to itch. So I felt, you know, one of my, my, my first really serious teacher, I've had a lot of teachers, but my first really serious long-term teacher was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And he used to say, if your nose itches, scratch it and he said, better five seconds of scratching than five minutes of itching. And I said, yeah. okay, good. This yeah, is, this is I can do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been with so many teachers. They say you have to sit like a rock. You're not allowed to move a muscle. And when you're told that, all you can think about is, oh, I got to move. I got to move. Now, what I do when I lead meditation, when I have new people, I start by telling them, if you feel you have to move, go ahead, move. And the funny thing is, then pretty much no one has to move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Just, it's just that thought of oh, I have to sit here motionless. Yeah. Suddenly, that makes it a problem. And it's the same thing with the mind. Oh, I have to hold my mind motionless. I have to make all these these thoughts stop moving around. Everyone has thoughts in meditation. The Buddha had thoughts in meditation. It's hmm. very clearly recorded that when the Buddha sat under that the tree and became you know fully enlightened. Fully, I've been to that tree too, by the way. It's wow, pretty fun. Yeah. Um, that when the Buddha sat under the tree, he didn't say, oh, when he finally, you know, gained the thing, he became completely cooked, completely enlightened. He didn't say, oh, how wonderful, how wonderful, I got rid of my thoughts. He said, and I'm quoting, how wonderful, how wonderful, everything's fine just the way it is.
0: Ah, wow. That's a realization.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a great story um, about a guy who goes out one day to the stream to get some water to to cook his his soup with. He brings back a bowl full of water and he sets it down on the counter and he sees, oh no, this water is cloudy. How am I gonna get rid of the mud in the water? So first he tries stirring it, that doesn't work. Then he tries shaking it, that doesn't work. He tries filtering it out one little bit of mud at a time, that doesn't work. Finally, he gets completely frustrated and he just walks away and he leaves it sitting on the couch. <laughs> and after a while, he comes back and whoop, lo and behold, the water's clear. Because by just it, leaving it alone, leaving it as it is, in its time, the sediment sinks to the bottom. Gravity pulls it down and the natural clarity of the water shines forth by itself, of itself. So this is how the mind is. What, what, what I show people in, in natural meditation is simply just leave it as it is. Don't try to concentrate. Don't try to focus. Don't try to push your thoughts away. See, the thing is, any effort, and, and note this carefully, folks. This is like the E. took me years to get to this sentence I'm about to say. This is like the E equals MC squared of meditation as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Any effort to create a non-agitated state of mind is itself a form of agitation. Ah, uh,
0: yeah. Pff, wow. Or,
1: yep. or, or, right? Boom, yeah. there it is. There it is. So you wind up you know, chasing your tail. It's like looking out, I'm going to switch the metaphor a little bit. It's like you look out across the surface of the ocean, you see all these waves. You go, oh my God, I've got, to, I've got to flatten out all the waves on the ocean, which is an impossible task. And the harder you work at it, the more you just stir up the water. So what my teacher showed me, and I show people, is... No, forget about the waves. the waves are fine. Just allow gravity to pull you down one or two feet below the surface, and the water is always already silent down there. yeah, so so this yeah. is so this is how we just pull by that natural gravitation toward fulfillment, joy, peace, awe. We just allow once someone shows you just how to take that first step in just you the gravity takes a sink within yourself
0: and for the listener if you buy any of Dean's books in audio format which I have I've listened to natural meditation he has this same soothing voice that he has now in this same kind of like like smirking intonation that is just uh, it's very comforting to, to listen to you teach meditation so uh, it's pretty cool to actually talk to you after Good. after Good. hearing your book but
1: Pipes. That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> so Dean, how do we know if we're doing this right? You know, how do we know that I'm meditating right? And I know that sounds like a silly question, but that's what no, a lot of us a, think,
1: right? It's it's you've heard a, it's that before. A great, no. Thank you for asking that. It's really an important question because everyone wants to know that, of course, you're taking you know, time is time time is valuable. And You know, it's a commitment to take some time. It's not a lot. You know, I tell, if you're, the thing is, if you're meditating in this kind of concentrating, effortful way, which is self-defeating, that's why you hear from people, oh, to get any results, you've got to practice for at least an hour, two hours a day. If you're, because what happens is, if you, you know, knock your head against the rock long enough, after a while you get exhausted, and then gravity takes over, and then you do slip within. But what we do is we just, we, we skip that part and just go straight to slipping within. So it only takes, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes a day is plenty. But still, it's a commitment of time. So you want to know, is this productive? Is this worth taking the time? The mistake people make in trying to answer that question is they try to look at some particular experience during meditation. Oh, my mind felt very quiet. Sometimes it does. I felt very relaxed during the meditation. Sometimes you do, but that's not really important. The early um, physiological research on meditation, some of it was done in the late 60s, early 70s by Dr. Herbert Benson from Harvard Medical School and Dr. Keith Wallace from UCLA. And I knew Keith Wallace. He, He was a friend of mine. And I heard him talk about how you know, they would take the subjects into the lab and measure their blood pressure and their galvanic skin response and EEG and all this stuff. And their findings, they wound up publishing in Science Magazine, Scientific American, showing how all these physiological physiological changes happen, indicating a settled state, what they call their wakeful hypometabolic state, meaning the body is settled down, but the mind is awake to enjoy that settledness. Now, at the end of each session, as Keith was taking the EEG leads off the subject's scalp, he would ask them, how was that session? And sometimes they would say, oh, it was really good, really deep. And sometimes they'd say, no, it was really choppy. I was just perking away like Mr. Coffee. Don't, don't count that one. <laughs> and then Keith Keith would look at the numbers, and what he would see was that whether they subjectively reported it as being deep and settled, or more choppy and unsettled, physiologically, they were settling down about the same. So don't worry, again, trying to to answer this question, how do we know we're meditating right? Don't try to go by the experience during meditation, to go by how your life changes during the other 23 and a half hours of the day. Yeah, and what people notice, and you know, it's so much fun having done this for so long now. You know, I've been doing this for decades, and I've got I'm back in New Jersey right now this week uh, and seeing some people that I've been, you know, they've been coming to my sessions since the since the eighties uh, here in New Jersey because I used to live out here, and to see the changes in them, it's so it just makes me so happy because what happens? This is how you know your meditation is correct. Life gets simpler. Life uh-huh. gets easier. You know, when you're dealing with things, you don't feel like you're grinding your gears the way you used to. You don't, you, you don't spend a lot of time trying to calculate which way to go, how to make decisions. You, I mean, you know this from, from wrestling. When you are in the moment, when you're on the mat, and I worked with a lot of athletes. I used to, out here in New Jersey, I used to teach at a top uh, prep school and we had really top-level athletes. We had we had uh, people who went on to the Olympics. And when you're in that moment, when you're on the mat, when you're, you know, going off the diving board, whatever it is, there's no time to think. You just have to – and, you know, that's one of the things, I'm sure, you know, the so-called runner's high, being in the zone, that one of the things that makes it so exhilarating, so enticing is that – beauty of just like you're just flowing into the right move when you're really on. Sure. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure, you know, as an athlete that you go, damn, if I could just be like that all the time, yeah. I would be, right? I'd right. be, I'd be the top, the, the top of the pack. And what happens the more, Oh, as you continue to meditate over the years, is that not just in your game of wrestling or whatever, but your game of life, it's just kind of that way all the time. You see where the opening is. You see where the, you know, when when, when LeBron is, is charging the net and there's, you know, five guys guarding, there's no time to think. But that nanosecond beforehand, it's like he sees where the opening is going to be a nanosecond from now and just flows through it. And more and more in life, it feels like that. It's just like super fluid.
0: Man, how does that sound? Talking to my listeners now, how does that sound, right? <laughs> Life being simpler, oh, yeah. grinding your gears less, it's less of a grind overall. That's 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 beautiful. Yeah. Dean. I, I,
1: you know, th- um, let me, can I tell you one other thing? Please. When, when I, and this was my first time I realized that meditation was working for me. Early on, I started going into these um, weekend meditation retreats. It was just like two days, two and a half days, but you would do a lot of meditation and really get deep into it. And after I came home from the third or fourth one, my girlfriend at the time said, "You know what? Every time you come back from one of these things, you're a little nicer." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I am. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Because sometimes you're the last to know. The other people around you see it before you do. You're right in the middle of the changes. Yeah. But they just see it's you're just you. It's like it's like your rough edges get smoothed off.
0: Yeah." It's like you're a kid growing up, every time you go see your aunt and uncle, they say, why, look look how big you've gotten. And they're seeing it from the outside looking in, and and you're not seeing it or feeling it. Yeah,
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dean, your most recent book, Fear Less, Living Mm -hmm. Beyond Fear, Anxiety, Anger, and Addiction. Can Mm -hmm. meditation really help us with fear, anxiety, anger, and addiction? You talked a little bit about the clinical studies that have been done, and how it brings yeah. you into a settled state. How does it help with these these big stressors, massive stressors of, you know, just yeah. like we said there, fear, anxiety, anger, addiction, right. you know, right. patience, stress, all these things that we deal with. Right. Can right, it really right, help right. And, and how?
1: Yes, they can. So in that book, you know, I do, again, share the the instructions for how to sit down and do this kind of natural meditation every day. And I also, in that book, give a lot of, um, like, uh, kind of quick fix things you can do on the spot. Uh, For example, one of my very favorites is, you know, you hear about mantras, mantras like om, which is great. I mean, that's been around for thousands of years for a reason. It's it's not just Eastern gobbledygook. That's a psychoacoustically optimized sound for helping the nervous system into a more settled state by vibrating that sound. But my favorite mantra is, "wee," <laughs> and, and in my workshops, and by the way, people go to my website, which is deanwords.com, deanwords.com, my teaching schedule is there. And in my workshops, I get people sitting there and throwing their hands up in wild abandon, saying, "wee." And for example, if, you su- if you're subject to depression, and I've got some familiarity with depression. It runs in my family. And, you know, I've had, you know, I know what depression is like, which sometimes surprises people because I sound like such a happy-go-lucky guy. And I am. I've been meditating for a long time. But I know what it's like where it, when it feels like, oh, life is hopeless. I, that's it. The joy is gone. It's never coming back. It feels like the sky is going to be gray forever. And it's just weighing, mm-hmm. pressing down on the top of my head. And when you're feeling depressed like that, the thing that's going to sound like the stupidest thing in the world, the last thing you want to do is throw your hands up and say, whee! But <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, do that three times and then try to be depressed.
0: <laughs> Love it. I,
1: def- I defy you. Yeah. Now, another story which I tell in the book, and I've got a, a chapter on uh, addiction there uh, called Ten, Ten Steps, Two Thorns because uh, 12, rather 12 steps, two forms, uh, because I've dealt a lot with people who are in the 12-step program. And there's some wonderful wisdom in the 12-step program, but also there's, there's something that's missing. And the story I tell in the chapter that really kind of brings this home, uh, my wife and I host a meditation session in, where we live in Santa Monica outside of Los Angeles. And uh, the session is is every other Tuesday night. And this girl started coming. She came a couple of times. She was about maybe 19, 20 years old. Didn't say anything. She just did the meditation with us, sat, listened to the discussion afterward, and then left. After the second or third time, she came up to me at the end and just very quietly said, I want you to know I'm a heroin addict. I've been clean for six months. In the meditation tonight, I felt a deep joy and peace that was so fulfilling and so healing i didn't think i could ever feel like that again in this lifetime without drugs wow and you know i heard that first i'm trying not to cry <laughs> and and then i'm going yes this is the stuff that deep psychophysiological settling down and it's in the 12 step program it's the 11th step you know, the first 10 steps are all basically just cleaning up your mess, getting ready for the 11th step, which is through prayer and meditation, we made conscious contact with the higher power. But unfortunately, you know, that most people, and I've had a lot of people, including people who are sponsors in 12-step groups, come to our meditation. And they say, this is what, this is what's missing. This is the people, they've got the right idea of making conscious contact with you know, if you want to call it that higher power or just that place of inner peace, that place of awe. But people don't know how to do it effectively. And this effortless, natural approach, this is the
0: stuff. Dean, a neighbor of mine recently had a conversation with her around meditation in schools, and they're bringing meditation into elementary schools, which I'm really excited about. My kids have been exposed to meditation and medication, <laughs> uh, but they've been exposed to, to meditation as elementary school students, and I'm really okay. excited about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Friends of
0: ours were very upset about that because right. they thought it was and they're, I'm Christian, they're Christians, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were very upset that they thought this was going to like somehow replace God in prayer in their life. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to, mm-hmm. like the schools are trying to teach something other than, and other you know, the, the antithesis of religion or of their religion. And right. I I just looked at her cross-eyed. I didn't get what she was getting at. But do you hear that? Do you think, so let me ask you this, is meditation religious? And what's your take on sort of the scenario I just painted for you?
1: You know, and I, I've heard, and I've been around various scenarios like that for, for years. And it's just people not having a a deep understanding of, of what it is. Religion is, you know, religions in a sense, they're right because religion is talking about that ultimate something, that ultimate something, whether you call it God or whether you call it, Buddha nature or or whatever you call it. But the calling it, in other words, the names for it, the prayers that you say, the hymns that you sing, the rituals that you do, that's one thing. The other thing is the just opening up to be able to have deep inner experience. So what meditation does is it helps you open up to have that deep experience, which you can, can have. Within the context of your religion, you know there are people, for instance, if you if you go to a Catholic church and the you know people are taking communion, and you see some people they come, and it's hard to know from the outside exactly what's going on, but sometimes you get an idea. And you see some people they come and they you know they get the wafer and they get the wine and they you know thank you very much, and they walk on. and it doesn't seem like much has happened there. But sometimes you'll see someone, and often it's like an old Italian or Polish grandma, you know, who, who goes yeah. to mass every morning and really has a deep connection. And when she takes that wafer and you ju- and closes her eyes, and she's gone. She's just yeah. she is in a state of communion. Communion means union with. She is in union with God, the infinite, whatever through the 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 medium. Uh, you know, the mediation of Christ. However, whatever term she thinks of it, she's, she's there, but, but not everyone gets that experience. Some people just natural. Some people, you know, they sit to meditate once or they don't even meditate. They're just there. You know, you see, you meet some old fisherman who's just, you know, fly fishing by the local stream and you talk to him for a while and you realize this guy is in a complete state of peace. He's completely one with the river. He, he he doesn't have, I don't have anything to to teach him. But a lot of people will come and they'll they'll fish in that river and they don't have that experience. So for us regular people, we're the remedial group. We if we learn a little bit of skill for how to settle within, then we can take that and it'll make our fly fishing richer or our wrestling richer. Or our religion richer. It'll yeah. just or or artistic creation. You know, I'm a writer. I just I really things open up for me when I write. My wife is a film editor. She really gets in the zone, cutting film. But and but we meditate together every morning, and that opens up her capacity and my capacity to find that place in the context of what we like to do.
0: Can you give us a few tips on? How to meditate, and I'm going to ask you that question, knowing that you are so approachable about, again, almost silly sounding questions like this, because yeah. you already explained mm-hmm. it. It's like the like yeah. the bowl of muddy water. You let it happen, right? But can you right. give us just some tips, especially for the listener who hasn't yet listened to any of your your, your books, right? What?
1: How do you right. do
0: it? Just talk me through, okay. you know, a couple tips yeah. tactics to you, to try it right now.
1: Yeah yeah you yeah but yeah, but notice how you just use the word try again and <laughs> right. that's the, the right? sure. it's so it's so ingrained, you know people come up to me all the time and they say, I tried to meditate, <laughs> but it was hard, yeah and I, and I say, no, 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 you tried to meditate, and therefore it was hard yeah so right. the, so, the, so the main tip is forget about trying now usually it takes a little bit of interactive, you know, and that's that's where there is some role for a guide or a teacher like myself to try to, because people's habit of trying, because everything else we do wrestling, whatever it, there's some effort involved. This is the one thing that's different. So it takes a little bit of skill of the teacher to kind of pull the rug of effort out from under you. The, I'll give you a couple tips in a moment, but uh, my biggest tip is if people go to my website, and this is all completely free, by the way, I'm not, suck any in to subscribe to anything, or um, if you go to DeanWords.com. Oh, also, uh, lately I've been putting our sessions that I conduct in Santa Monica up on YouTube. So if you go to DeanOnYouTube.com, DeanOnYouTube.com, you can you can just sit and meditate with us for the whole session, the meditation, the discussion afterward. The main thing, though, is sit comfortably don't try to twist yourself in a pretzel. If sitting in a lotus pose is the most comfortable way for you to sit, God bless and sit in the lotus. Most people are are more comfortable sitting in a chair. Do a little something as an on-ramp first. You could like to take, take a couple of slow, deep breaths. And actually just take one slow, deep breath and just close your eyes and completely just feel what it feels like to be filling up with air. Maybe hold it for a few moments. And then just completely emptying yourself, just completely emptying the tank and just paying attention, not trying to concentrate, just paying attention. Just one breath. And now another one breath like that. Do maybe two or three of those and then just sit easily, keep the eyes closed, and you'll notice that naturally sounds come and go, naturally sensations come and go you notice there's no effort involved. You can't make the sounds come and go. You can't stop them from coming and going. And in the same way, the thoughts and feelings come and go. You can't make them come and go. You can't stop them from coming and going. That's perfect. And all that stuff coming and going is like breezes coming and going in the sky. But what you are, your awareness, that's the sky. It's open, empty, free. Got room for everything, just let everything come and go and just remain as you are. remain like the sky, remain like open space, and whatever takes place within that open space, fine, and then after a while, when you feel like it's time to come out, take a few minutes to come out because you may the body may be settled more deeply than you realize, so you take a few minutes to you know like coming out of a nap to just move around, stretch a little bit. And uh, ease back into the
0: day. For the listener, I would recommend just going back and using that almost as a guided meditation to get into your meditation. You know, listen to it again, hit the pause button, and then and then do what he just mm-hmm. said, or don't do right. Yeah. <laughs> just let yeah, happen exactly. what he just said, and uh, and you'll be there. And Dean, how long do you do this for? Five minutes, um, an hour.
1: You know, you know what the best. See, this is this is my kind of number two or three in my top. Two or three tips of meditation. If you've got to go off to work or school or something, settle a little set a little alarm on your phone or something. Otherwise, throw the watch out of your meditation space. Don't worry about the time. Because what you'll find as you settle into that, you know, deeper water underneath the, the choppy surface of the mind is that there's no time down there. I always know, you know, you asked before, how do you know your meditation's right? I, I, this happens all the time, especially with new people. They open their, I'm, I'm, I'm running a session at the end, they open their eyes and someone's hand shoots up and I know what they're going to say. They say, how long was that? And I never tell them because that, that's beside, <laughs> that's beside the point. <laughs> the point is that it's timeless down there. That's part of what makes it so awesome. Ah, so and again, you know, the experience from when you're totally in the zone, do, it, do it, in your, in athletics, it becomes timeless. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was no time. time Absolutely. Yeah, it's gone. You feel timeless. You feel weightless. You feel kind of, you know, the usual sense of being constricted, zipped into your your skin is kind of all gone. You're kind of somehow just non-located, kind of looking down, watching the whole thing happen. More and more, just life becomes like this.
0: What about apps like Calm or Headspace? Do you recommend those or against those?
1: You know, I haven't really uh, investigated them a lot. It, it, I think anything that gets you sitting down and and, and doing it is good. Uh, I don't know how... I'm, so that's the first thing. Anything that gets you sitting down and taking the time is good. The second thing, ideally, would be that the guidance is along these lines of non-effort so that the, the naturalness of it can take over. But again, you know... Uh, I like having no crutches. I like having, for instance, I tell a story in, in natural meditation. I used to have this beautiful little bell that I would, you know, and I'd always traveled with it. And I'd be conducting these sessions, and to start off the meditation, I would hit this little bell, and it had this beautiful, pure, high-pitched sound. And people would say, "Oh, that bell is so great! It feel like it puts me right in the place. I got to get a bell like that." So I stopped using it. Huh right? Yeah. Because I don't want people depending on things. So, right. fine, if they, if they, you know, all these things, they're like on-ramps. Great. Use the on-ramp to get into the express lane, but then get out of the on-ramp.
0: Dean, you make it so simple like it is and so approachable yeah. and make it feel like something that we can all do. I would recommend for all the listeners, I've only listened to one of Dean, Dean's books. I'm going to listen, I'm going to get the new one, Fear Less. Um, but I would highly recommend Natural Meditation. That's a book that I have listened to, and it's just amazing. It's more of this. Uh, it's deeper. It's broader in terms of the explanations, and and it's just it's it's a very easy book to listen to or to read. So I highly recommend it for all of the listeners. Dean, can you take a minute to promote yourself and just tell the listeners how we can find you, follow you? Uh, I know you have seminars and workshops going on all over the place. Tell us where we can learn more Mm -hmm. about
1: you. Yeah, absolutely. So go to my website, which is um, deanwords.com. That's deanwords.com. And there you'll find a lot of free resources. You'll find guided meditation tracks. You'll find chapters from all my books. You'll find my teaching schedule, and uh, I love. I mean, hopefully you notice that I get very yeah. enthusiastic about doing this. This is what I love to do, uh, and I, and it's the one thing I know I'm good at. I, I, my skill set is very narrow. Other than this, I mean, <laughs> I can't change a tire. I'm, I'm useless other than this. so. And 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 I've taught all kinds of. I mean, I've taught at you know Ivy League colleges. I've taught. Uh, I've done workshops for medical groups and legal groups. One of my favorites, actually, right here in New Jersey, there's a Ford dealership that I've been to a couple of times. And my first time, I let's see, car and these guys just think New Jersey car salesmen. Yeah. And these guys walk in for the workshop, and a bunch of like Tony Soprano looking guys. <laughs> and I, and I and at first, I thought, well, let's see how this goes. Sure. Isn't great. Huh. It went great because they understood they're under such pressure every month to make their numbers, and they they knew they need something to help with that pressure. so so that was great. Uh, so you know so you go to the website, there's the resources there. If you're connected with any kind of organization, or business or professional group or college or school or yoga studio, or whatever, then you know, get in touch with me and bring me in as a guest speaker. I'll jump on a plane and I'll be there. And then also, my YouTube channel, Dean on YouTube.com, Dean on YouTube.com, and there you can see, you know, full hour and a half sessions of where I lead the meditation and then discussion. And the discussion's a little different every time we get into all kinds of interesting areas.
0: Excellent. And for the listener, again, deanwords.com and Dean on deanonyoutube.com. And we'll have those links in the action plan if you go there, as well as all the tips and tactics that he shared for us. Uh, I'll have those all in the action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. Dean, thank you so much for making time to come on the show.
1: Thank you, Jim. It's really been great
0: and for the listener. And as always, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success.